Women Taking the Lead, episode 206. To have my mind made up about what direction I want to go takes away all the distraction. It takes away the excuse of being distracted and it keeps me focused. I don't have time to be distracted and worried and anxiety ridden over, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right direction? No, just pick it. Make your mind up on one path and focus on it. And that's going to take away a lot of the fear and a lot of the doubt about whether or not what you're doing is the right thing. If it's not the right thing, you change course and you go another direction. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Have you grabbed your copy of my best-selling book, Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash accomplished to access the secrets to achievement and success. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at zebralovewebsolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Cara Lamorado, who is a wedding planner, but not in the traditional sense. After running a wedding product-based business for over five years, she launched the Wedding Planning Podcast to share her industry expertise with a global audience. She leads engaged couples to see that affordability and common sense can overturn the expense and excess of the wedding industry. Cara lives in San Diego, California with her husband, John, daughter, Stella, who's four, and son, John William, who is two, and she loves to travel, run, and read. Cara, it is awesome to have you on Women Taking the Lead, but that's just a little introduction for everyone. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Absolutely, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to this and it is so good to talk with you and your audience today. So I have a deep passion for weddings and it took me quite a long time to uncover that. I did start my business six years ago, like you mentioned. Um, at the beginning, it was purely a hobby and eventually things kind of snowballed, ended up taking off and have evolved a lot from those early years. So if you had run into me on the street six years ago and told me that I would identify as a wedding planner six years down the road, I would have been dumbfounded. At that point, I had just gotten married myself and I was someone who really, really enjoyed planning my own wedding. And my husband, back then fiance, he really enjoyed it too. So the two of us really dove in headfirst and made it a joint venture. And it became this really fun sort of game to see how far we could stretch our relatively small wedding budget. So we loved it. Um, back at that time, I was also a young woman who was working a very traditional corporate career in financial planning. And that was kind of going off the rails. <laughs> I was living day to day. I was counting the minutes until five o'clock on Friday. I was miserable and I just didn't feel right. I was 
definitely not passionate about what I was doing. So fast forward a couple of years to having my daughter. This was in 2012. And she showed me in a heartbeat, in an instant, that I needed to shift my mindset about my business, my hobby back then, and start really taking it seriously as a way to make a living for our family. So with my daughter in the picture, it was no longer going to work for me personally to have my days slip away at this corporate job that I hated while she grew up with someone else. So as a new mother, I just immediately felt my priorities shift like a landslide. And I saw very clearly how at odds my personal passions were with my company that I was working at. And this was such a blessing. It was such a blessing because it's exactly what opened my eyes and tipped the scales and gave me the courage to pursue my passion, which is my family and now my children and being an entrepreneur. And without that sequence of events, I don't know when I would have found that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've heard the term quite a bit in recent years, the baby effect, right? When someone first has a baby, like the priorities change and shift and you realize, okay, something's got to change. Something has to give. The way things are going right now are not working. And I was laughing with you when you said, if you had imagined, you know, turning your hobby into a business and then becoming a wedding planner on top of that, you would have laughed and scoffed because, <laughs> uh, you know, and that's why sometimes when I hear the question, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, that's kind of ridiculous because <laughs> most people, <laughs> if they look back five years, often say, I never thought I would be here. You know, I didn't imagine right. this for myself, but that's the way it goes sometimes. And I, I could totally hear like, you are in such a good place. And yes, like business is always evolving. And I'm sure with transitioning into a wedding planner, that was a stretch for you. And we'll probably hear more about that. Not a stretch in terms of you couldn't do it, but like changing how you thought about yourself, changing the structure of your business. So business is always evolving. But what I can hear in your voice is that self-assurance that like, I'm living my life, I'm living the life I want to live, and it's going in the right direction. But as you know, we always kick it off right after the introduction with, now take us to one of the lowest of the lows, right? Like that playing <laughs> small moment. It's those moments we can all relate to because we've all had them where we held ourselves back a little bit. We doubted ourselves. And the thing is, we might not even realize we were doing it at the time because we didn't see ourselves as capable or that there were other options. And so we just live the life we were living, not realizing we could have gone after so much more, but there's always a lesson in it. So Cara, if you could share with us your playing small story and the lessons you've learned from it. Of course. I love this question. Um, I do. When I first read it, I was like, well, 
you know, five years from today, from this interview, I hope I look back on myself now and I say, oh, Cara, you were you were see, looking at it so small, like there's so much more. So I always hope that I can look back and feel that I was playing small in that moment because I want there to always be this growth and this progression. But if we're going to, if I have to pick one moment for the show, because, oh my gosh, there have been a lot of times when I was not seeing big and I was not trusting myself and I was not trusting the tools that I have. Um, I'm going to choose a conversation that I had with you, Jody. And this goes to show what an amazing leader and an amazing coach you are without even trying. So take back, take us back a year ago, we were in Chicago for podcast movement. And this is the first time I ever met you in person. And it was the last day of that conference. People were starting to disperse and head to the airport. And I crashed a coffee date that my younger sister, Kate, was going to. And lo and behold, this is how I met Jody for the first time. So I had listened to Women Taking the Lead. I've had um, some wonderful peers and some of my mentors have been on your show. And I was just so impressed impressed by the caliber and just the amazing things that these women are tackling. And I distinctly remember us sitting in that beautiful lobby of that hotel and talking about me potentially coming on your show. And I, I mean, I don't know exactly what I said, but it was right along the lines of, oh, please, like, (laughs) no, no, no. No, no, you don't. Maybe you don't understand. I just make little handmade wedding decorations like no, 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 no. I can't go on your show. <laughs> and you looked at me dead on and you were like, uh-uh, of course you're a leader. You are a leader to all of the young men and women who tune into your podcast week after week after week and invite you into that moment of their lives when they are getting married, that is a huge responsibility. Of course you're a leader. And you kept going and just made me see for the first time that someone tuning into the Wedding Planning Podcast might be inspired by not only my wedding planning advice, but my whole journey from being engaged to being a newlywed to struggling in a corporate job setting to having children and walking away from that corporate job for my family and on to building a successful business while at the same time being there for my children. And it's like, of course, I I know this, but to have you say it to me just totally shifted the way I looked at my venture then, the wedding planning podcast, and kind of my role as a wedding planner to couples all over the globe. That's a really unique opportunity, having a platform like a podcast. And I'm sure you'll agree, it's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. And because of this conversation that we had, I came to feel a very deep connection to my listeners and just a really deep respect for the opportunity that I have 
to reach young couples all over the world with my voice, my stories, and my recommendations. It's really special. And I thank you a hundred times over for framing it so simply. Oh, Cara, you just touched my heart. Thank you (laughs) so much. I do remember that conversation. And, you know, I think we can all relate to that. Like, what? Who? Me? What? You know? And I actually (laughs) just recently got that response again, where I asked someone to be on my podcast and they were like, well, I guess if you think so, but I just don't really see myself as having made it yet, right? <laughs> you know, that response. So I'm going to take what you said. I'm going to clip that recording. Whenever somebody says it to me, I'm like, I want you to listen to <laughs> to this <laughs> because you're absolutely right. Like, I don't ask just anybody to be on my podcast. Like, oh, we just met. Let's be on my podcast. Like, I absolutely got from the conversation we had the passion you had for what you were doing, how delighted you were with your podcast and your community and what you were able to do and who you were able to touch. And you inspired the idea in me. And that's what caused me to say, you you know what, you should come on my podcast and you, you should share with my community. So it was already there. I'm so glad um, that I was, I was able to help you see that. But even I can relate to those moments too, because recently somebody asked like, oh, are you going to speak at this conference? And I was like, what, who, what, me? <laughs> <laughs> right, that, that scary moment of, of seeing yourself through other people's eyes and like, the disconnect you have at first. Right. You know, but you know, I keep saying this keeps coming up a lot. Like when somebody compliments you, believe them, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's true. Totally true. <laughs> it is so true. I'm, I just, before I believed that my podcast was about hopping on for 15 minutes a week and talking about choosing your bridesmaids and finding a cheap wedding dress and haggling with your vendors And no, we need to speak nicely to ourselves. We need to lift ourselves up with the way we talk to ourselves and our mindset. I'm reaching thousands and thousands of people. And again, I've been blessed with this opportunity to make a positive difference in their day. This is my platform and these are my gifts. And it doesn't make it any less important or less special than what anybody else is doing to change a really small part of someone's day or a really small part of someone's world. That counts that matters. Yeah. And you're providing something. I, I want, I want to say this well. (laughs) So (laughs) what you provide for young couples and probably some not so young couples as they're planning their wedding, because that is one of the most can be, let me take that back, can be one of the most stressful events (laughs) in their young life, right? In that phase of their life. And that's why the terms bridezilla comes Mm -hmm. up because they're under so much stress, they start acting in a way that is not in alignment with who they really are. Like the people in their own life are are scared of them (laughs) because they're (laughs) under so much stress and they, they start to crack under the pressure. But by getting information, by having that person who can help guide them through all of, because it's the enormity of the decisions and the overwhelm and not knowing and the uncertainty And what you're doing on your podcast is answering those questions, making it less confusing so that they can relax and actually enjoy their wedding like that. That's the gift you're bringing. And it's not just their wedding like that's a gift to everybody in their life, (laughs) too. 
Right, right. Keeping perspective is really important. So I like to kind of encourage the couples who I'm speaking to through the podcast. I've, I've been there. I'm on the other side of it. I promise it's going to be an amazingly special day. Is it going to be the most important day of your life? Maybe, but maybe not. You know, there's a lot of other stuff that you have to to do throughout the course of your life. So I think the wedding industry does a nice job, a fine job of, you know, building it up to just be this life or death thing. And it's not, it's about enjoying it. It's about relaxing. It's about bringing common sense and just a little more casual of an attitude towards it. I love that. And now Kara, let's, let's go on to another story. This one I want to hear about is a wake up call or an aha moment, right? A light bulb goes off. It's a realization or it can definitely be a slow awakening. There are some guests I've had where they're like, no, there was no light bulb. The universe had to hit me over the head <laughs> a few times before I got the message and, and could do something about it. But in either case, there's there's a series of events that lead up to that moment and then the action you take that leads to your success. So if you could capture all of that and tell us about your wake up call. Of course. So, okay, let's be real. <laughs> Self-doubt creeps in for all of us again and again, and it doesn't matter how successful you are or how grounded or how happy you are. Um, I do try to be very deliberate about the way I talk to myself. And I do that, um, especially because I'm under a magnifying glass with my children. And so I really want to be kind to myself. And that's a favor to me because having them constantly watching me and constantly being under their microscope mm -hmm. really forces me to do that. Um, with that said, my story does culminate eventually with a light bulb, but I was definitely one of those people who had to be like hit over the head with it. <laughs> and I'm sure there are in your audience, there are young mothers or mothers uh, who can totally relate to the tipping point that I'm finding myself in right now, which is I have stayed home with my children for the past four years. My daughter's four, my son is two. So I have been with them during the day uh, primarily. And in the fall, my daughter's going to start kindergarten. So it's kind of this dichotomy of like, yay, best day ever. I can't wait. And then like, oh, that's kind of sad. It went by really fast. <laughs> but um. So I'm at this crossroads with my business and I need for the business owners listening, it's time for me to scale and it's time for me to kind of not move away from my handmade product because that's a deep part and a deep part of my passion for what I do. But I do want to leverage the reach and my relationship with my audience and take that down some different directions. So this has been kind of culminating over the past year and the universe has been kind of whispering suggestions about where to turn. And a lot of my very close friends and my business mentors, you know, they, they give me advice and it's like, it's there, but I can't really see it. And then finally, and this was not long ago within the past couple of months, there was one week where I got 
four emails in one week and every single email said the same thing, which was along the lines of, I listened to your podcast. I know you, I like you, and I trust you. Can I hire you to be my wedding planner? Four times. Mm -hmm. And I was like, aha, (laughs) (laughs) light bulb. (laughs) Um, So I realized that although I will never have the opportunity, well, you shouldn't ever say never, right? (laughs) I probably will not ever have the opportunity to sit down one-on-one with every single person in my audience and be able to coach them through planning their wedding. That day probably won't come. But I can look at this as an opportunity to open up another realm of possibility with my business. And that is moving into making myself more available as a one-on-one wedding planner role to those who choose to use it. I really love that. And I think that is how our businesses evolve is we start hearing things from our audience. Like, okay, what you're providing is really great, but can you also do this? You know, and that that's where we hear what people like the role that people see us in too. Right. Right. It is so true. And what an honor that must be that people want to partner with you on such a big event in their life as well. It is. And it makes me feel really, really good. Um, Back to, you know, before, if you rewind six months ago and you're pitching your elevator speech to someone, right? So again, for the business owners in the audience, my elevator speech was like, well, I kind of do this little handmade thing, but it's, I don't know, it was kind of just a hobby, but it's big now. So like, it is my business, but I also have this little podcast and it's like, you know, it's kind of cool. I help people plan their weddings, whatever. And now I'm like, no, 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 Cara. I, I am a wedding planner. I help thousands of engaged couples all over the world plan the wedding of their dreams using the tools that they have in their toolkit. That's what I do. And again, if somebody wants to hire me on in the capacity of more of a one-on-one wedding planner, I'm game. Let's do it. I think it's going to be a really fun way again to just expand my touch and expand my reach. So I'm really, really excited about that. I'm excited that the universe had to, you know, finally have four people just come right point blank, ask me to do it. Mm -hmm. And now you can explore it. And what's really great is you had such a really great experience, you know, for yourself planning your wedding that you can bring that to the table for these women as well. I hope so. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, this is really great because it's a great segue because now you're not just speaking into a microphone anymore. You're not just making product and shipping it off and doing mostly customer service interactions on the product based level. Now you're actually going to be partnering with these women. So that is a great segue for um, the question I like to ask all of my guests about their leadership style, right? Because that's going to come to the forefront as you're working with these women as well. And, you know, there are fundamentals to leadership, you know, skills that, we, you know, are the basis of leadership, just being a good listener, building relationships, having that rapport going. But because we all have different personalities and strengths and prior experience, we all come to the table as a leader a little bit differently. And and I say that's totally fine as long as you are being authentic 
in your leadership style. So Kara, how would you describe your leadership style? I would say that my style is very visionary. So I'm going to meet you either literally in person or virtually and put my arm around you and give you a big hug. And then we are going to walk through to an end game where you're living the wedding of your dreams. And along the way, along this journey, this visionary journey, I want to encourage every couple who hears me to experiment, to explore, and really to think outside the box about exactly how to get there. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all wedding planning formula. I don't think there's a one-way journey. This is about experimenting and again, using common sense, but also thinking outside the box to get really creative with the tools that you have. Not everybody is going to have a wedding budget that spans into, you know, six figures. That's crazy. Not everybody has that to work with and that's fine. Let's use what you have and using this visionary style, let's kind of explore how we can get to the wedding of your dreams. Not the wedding that's on the cover of the latest brides magazine, but the wedding that you and your fiance envision and the wedding that you can afford and the wedding that you want to host. I love that. What I was thinking of earlier too, when you said, you know, when, when you're dealing with a modest budget, it really allows for a lot of creativity too. That must be so much fun. Oh my gosh. It is so much fun. And again, that's, that's how John and I were that our budget was uh, to give an exact number. It was somewhere in the ballpark of about 10 to $12,000. It's funny. I, this is a little bit of a side note, but an interesting story. There's a young couple, an entrepreneurial couple who produces uh, coaching programs for wedding professionals. So not for the actual brides and grooms, but for the photographers and the videographers and the planners, et cetera. They are wildly successful and they got married using a $5,000 budget mm -hmm. because it wasn't important to them. The excess and the over the top and this opulence that the wedding industry really touts and really pushes, it wasn't important to them. And I saw that and I was like, oh, amen. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I want everybody to see. But the problem is that on at face value, that's not what the wedding industry gives you. That's not what the traditional media and the blogs and the websites and the magazines are feeding you. So to bring that out is it's challenging, but I think it's so valuable in the end. And I think some couples need to hear that. Like at the end of the day, uh, a ceremony and a party that's a reflection of who you are as a couple is really what you're going for. Not, not Absolutely. for all the bells and whistles. Amazing. Right. Totally true. Yep. And Cara, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? I alluded to it earlier and I don't have a lot of details that I can share just yet, but I am working really, really hard on a couple of ways that you can work with me in a little bit more of a one-on-one -on -one capacity or a small group setting. So I'm super excited to share more information about that down the road. And I'm excited to circle back with you, Jody, and chat with you about it. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. Um, totally looking forward to it. And for all the business owners out there listening, it's 
fun. It should be fun. And I'm super excited about it. So try new things and try something different and go a little outside your comfort zone. I definitely am with this one. But listen to what the universe is whispering to you. <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait to hear about this. So those of you who are listening who just got intrigued, you're just going to have to follow Kara <laughs> and keep your eye on what she's up to. And I had a coffee date just this morning with another woman who's a business owner. And we were talking about, you know, do you have a business coach? Who's your business coach? And we were just talking about business coaches we've worked with in the past and ones we're considering in the future. And I was telling her how I'm just enamored with Gina Gabellini. She's a business coach out there. But one thing that Gina is all about that really underscores what you just said is if it's not fun, you either have to make it fun or you got to get rid of it. Oh, so true. Because if you're not enjoying it, then it's going to it's not going to help your business. It's going to drain you and it's going to turn people off. And that is such good advice. That's really good advice. And there's a certain point where, you know, like you, like we both agree, it needs to be a little uncomfortable. But if mm -hmm. it's something that just really doesn't feel like it's in your zone and you're miserable over it, right. look for something else. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's the duality of it, too. If you're stretching yourself, you are a little uncomfortable, but it has to get you jazzed up, too. Right. And get yes. you somewhat excited. So true. Totally true. And Cara, on the flip side of things, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? I think my biggest challenge is guiding engaged couples, again, to see past that glitz and glam of the wedding industry, peeling back those layers and showing them that it can be a little bit more common sense, a little bit simpler than that. Um, personally, for me, my challenge on a day to day, and this is for all the mamas out there listening, is that I have two very young children at home. Mm -hmm. So it is a constant, it's a daily challenge to stay on task, to find those little pockets of time and not only find them, but use them really, really wisely. We need to be fiercely protective of our time. Again, for anyone out there staying at home with young kids, you know what I mean. And when you find that pocket of time, have your list at hand and look at what you actually need to do. And for me, a lot of times this means stopping myself from opening up my email or opening up Facebook or shooting 20 texts to my best friends. <laughs> like, again, just a very like basic, but very real challenge that I definitely feel every single day. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. I'm not a mom, but when I go visit family and I'm staying with, you know, usually with one sister, but occasionally with another as well. And I try to get up much earlier than the household does to get some work done. And this last visit, it was a combination of I overslept and my nieces woke up early. <laughs> I'm sitting at the kitchen busted. totally busted, <laughs> sitting at the kitchen table with my laptop. And I one comes around the corner and in my head, I'm like, oh, oh. no. Yep. And of course, yep. and but out loud, I'm like, Hey, good, good morning. morning. Yeah. I and mean, I'm just like, I'm done for the day. Damn it. <laughs> That's 
so funny. To let you into my house early in the morning, I do the same thing. I sneak out of bed between 5 and 5.15 and I do that because I need to beat the kids. I need to beat the pitter-patter footsteps down the hall. (laughs) So I set up and I do work and it's that same, I'm sorry, I'm a mom. I shouldn't even be saying this, but you hear the footsteps down the hall an hour and a half later and it's like, game's up. It's over. (laughs) Turn the computer off. Hi, honey. What do you want for breakfast? Like they don't care what you're working on or what you're in the middle of or what kind of flow they're interrupting. They don't care. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) No. And one of my nieces, like her attitude is, and now I'm sitting on your lap for a half an hour. And that's just how it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah. I love that. All right, Cara, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us. What is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Hands down, it is engaging with my audience. And I do this so religiously. Sometimes it is a lot of work. And I've heard other business coaches and mentors kind of call this time in the trenches. Um, Answering emails one-on-one, providing your time, being there for people consistently over and over and over. Because without your audience and without your customers, you're not going to have a business. So I think it is so important to listen to them and to find out what they need and what they want and have them tell you that. And until you know that, you can't lead. I mean, you would be a blind leader. You wouldn't know who you're leading. So know who you're leading, I guess, wraps it up. Yeah. (laughs) And what advice would you give your younger self? Oh boy, that's a, that's a big question. (laughs) Um, so I firmly believe that I am where I am for all the reasons and I'm totally at peace with where I am. Um, I wish that I had had kind of a window into this entrepreneurial world a little bit sooner than I did. Um, I spent seven years at a corporate job and looking back on those seven years, I made some good relationships and I had a lot of fun on the weekends, but seven years was a really long time to do something that I did not love. And I see that now and I didn't see that then. So if I could tap myself on the shoulder as I was sitting at that desk at my job and and just whisper something in my ear, it would be, there's more, there's more this, there is a passion and this is not it. So get busy trying to find it. Now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So this is a quote by Rosa Parks, who is not exactly a businesswoman, but nonetheless was an amazing woman who changed the world in so many ways. And her quote is, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. And this really resonates with me as a business owner because I have great teachers and mentors and people who can help me get from A to Z. But until I identify what I want and commit to it, it's very hard to ask for and to receive help. So to have my mind made up about what direction I want to go takes away all the distraction. It takes away the excuse of being distracted and it keeps me focused. 
and that, again, I don't have time to be distracted and worried and anxiety ridden over, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right direction? No, just pick it. Make your mind up on one path and focus on it. And that's going to take away a lot of the fear and a lot of the doubt about whether or not what you're doing is the right thing. If it's not the right thing, you change course and you go another direction. And lastly, Cara, what is the best way for this community to connect with you so they can find out what's coming? <laughs> you can visit my website, which is weddingplanningpodcast.co. And again, it's .co, not .com. So weddingplanningpodcast.co. There is a way to contact me there if you have any follow-up questions and, of course, links to all my social media. And you can follow along that way. Awesome. And for those of you listening, you can find all the links and resources that Cara shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Cara, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, Jody, that's so sweet. Thank you very much for everything that you've helped open my eyes to. And I hope everyone enjoyed our chat today. I know I did. All right, ladies, I'm going to talk straight because I know you ambitious, high-achieving, entrepreneurial women appreciate that. I know some of you are struggling and you find yourself saying, I know what to do to achieve my goal, I'm just not doing it. And you're struggling with having the time, energy, or willpower to move forward in your business or career. You may even be thinking you've developed adult ADD. I can help you with that, and you'll soon be surprised by how much you are able to get accomplished. No more going it alone, suffering silently while another year goes by. Send me an email at Jodi, J-O-D-I, at womentakingthelead.com, and let's get the conversation started. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.